0: We're show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com, J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S, CFP.com. Questions, comments, click email, the show at financialcoachingradio.com. Tell you every day, all day, at least every weekday that I'm on the air. Make sure you're working with the right type of financial advisor. Not all advisors are created anywhere near equal. I don't care what their title is. I don't care what how many letters they have after their name. I don't care how cool their website is or how much you like them. If they are not independent, meaning they only work for you. They are not if they are not a certified financial planner and most importantly, commission free fee only. Fee only they may not be able to serve your best interest go to jason Qualls, cfp.com get a second opinion on everything regarding your financial life a lot of hype still going on about all the stuff with reddit and gamestop short squeezes and i've been asked a lot lately and this is something that i've shied away from from covering one because uh, short squeezing and individual stock trading is not something that's going to necessarily serve your financial plan, your retirement plan as the number one priority. The reason for that is it, to be a great stock picker. One, it takes a lot of time and effort and knowledge and expertise, but it also takes a lot of luck. The reason I say that is that there are 80 to 90% of Stock traders, which are mutual fund managers trading in a specific area of the market and to manage a mutual fund, they can't beat their benchmark index. Some do, some don't. Most don't do it long term. Uh, Same goes for hedge fund guys. After cost, uh, they do all the trading in the world, buy stocks, bonds, options, whatever they want to do, and they still can't beat the S&P 500 on a consistent basis. So you need a little bit of luck on your side. So stock picking is very hard. I won't call it gambling because I think you can you can pick winners. I just don't know if you'll pick enough winners to beat what you would have gotten if you just owned low-cost diversified index funds. That's really the argument there. And I have no problem with people owning individual stocks as long as the percentage of what how many individual or total individual stocks that you own doesn't get higher than say 5 10 15 percent of your total net worth or total investments but let's talk since it's got a lot of hype now let's talk about what a short squeeze is and what's happening if you paid any attention you know GameStop had the short squeeze Uh, you got to catch up on what's going on. So short selling, what is it to, to have a short squeeze? You got to have a short sale, uh, shorting a stock, placing a bet that a stock goes down in value. That is the opposite of what you would do. If you're, you you think a stock is going to go up in value. If you start, thought a stock was going to go up in value, you would buy it, right? You'd own the shares. If you think a stock is going to go down in value, you would short the shares, and I'm not going, going to spare you the, the details, but it goes along with it. You're basically borrowing the shares from someone else. And when the shares go down, you buy at the low price. And then whoever owned the share, you, know, you make money. Let's keep it simple. You make money if the stock goes down. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know the nuances of it. You just, If you believe the stock is going down and you short it, you will make money if it does go down. So what is a short squeeze? Let's say that a short trade has gotten you know, very, very popular. Everybody in the world thinks that this the stock is going to go down. And you have a lot of short sellers. All of whom have borrowed shares. That's how it works. That eventually must pay them back. If something causes the stock to rise, it can quickly turn into a buying frenzy as the short sellers trip over one another to buy the shares so they can cut their losses and exit the trade. The higher the stock prices go, the more short sellers are forced to cut their losses by buying back the shares that are sold, and their frantic buying drives the price even higher, forcing more sellers to follow their lead. So that is basically what's happening. It is a situation where someone has bet against the stock. They've bet the stock will go down, and for one reason or another, it did not go down, and the short seller actually has to cover Uh, the stock going up instead of down that's it so you can lose money if you bet a stock is going to go down if it goes up you can make money if you you short a stock or bet it goes down if it goes down so a short squeeze is when a short sell goes out of your favor against what you're trying to do so in the game stop reference there was a big hedge fund or multiple big hedge funds that bet game stock stock was going to go down in value And it was going down for a while, but before that option expired, the Reddit stock traders drove the price up and they eventually had to cover the price increase of their short sale and they got squeezed and that's what it is. So before you kind of get into all that madness, I think you got to keep it simple and avoid short selling by quality company. If you're going to do individual stocks at all. Buy quality companies, companies that you know, companies that you can easily follow. Uh, Don't speculate too harsh. And if you get comfortable with that, maybe you go into some of the shorting of stocks. But remember, this is a game played by experts. For every buyer in the stock market, there is a seller. For every seller, there is a buyer. And typically, the experts, the billionaires, whether it be individuals or companies they win so a little bit on short squeezes a little bit on short sales after the short break we'll talk about real estate we'll talk about mortgages marshall spartman with spartman lending is here stick around you don't want to miss it. buying a house is stressful And so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. Joining in is Marshall Sparkman, our mortgage lending expert. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, man. I'm looking at interest rates on mortgages for anyone getting a 30-year, getting still under 3%. The news stories seem to make everyone think that interest rates are going up or have gone up. I'm just not seeing it. Last time we talked, it seemed to be about the same level they are now. So what's happening in the
1: mortgage rate world? You know, it's funny because you'll read an article one day, the rates are going up, and then you'll read an article the next day, the, the rates have come down, and they're at a record low. So, you know, they basically on a daily basis, the interest rates will yo-yo depending on the market, really. I mean, you know, but we haven't seen them change much more than a quarter percent over the past several months. So that's kind of your range. They may go up a quarter, down a quarter, but a quarter percent is actually a big movement in the market.
0: So that's why they kind of over – and they want us to click and read and listen, and that's kind of overhyping it, right? You know, not that a quarter oh, yeah. point is not a huge yeah. change, but I see anything under 3%, man, that's still low.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I, I see the headline
0: mortgage rates going okay. up. I'm thinking, oh, they went up to
1: 4%. <laughs> listen, here's the thing. If you've got a rate that's anything over mid-threes, you need to go ahead and refinance that bad boy, and you'll you'll never have to refinance it ever again. Just get it over with and, uh, you know, move on with life, and you'll be happy you did.
0: Well, we've discussed it many times in regards to estate planning or just investment or financial planning. People get very reluctant to make change. They're like, hey, I don't really feel like messing with it. In your business, what is the reason that people do not go through with the refinance process, or are they more likely to do so? Is it different? Is it a different animal?
1: it is refinance is a different animal that you know refinance is not like a purchase is emotional it's like you got a lot going on you gotta move and you gotta you gotta pack up your old house but a refinance is just dollars and cents either it makes sense to refinance or it doesn't usually uh... you know we could sit down within five minutes and determine if it's gonna make sense for you to refinance and then once you start the process i mean i just got one loan clear to close it took six days from the time that i submitted it until we were clear to close so the process is super easy. It's super fast. I mean, there's really, there's no reason not to do it. It's it's kind of foolish if you if you uh, you know unless you just don't like saving money.
0: But do a lot of people they just, they don't mess with it because they're you know they just too comfortable where they are and they don't think it's so much of a hassle. Or, or the people really they jump on that?
1: The only reason not to do it would be because if you're going to be selling your house in the near future. I just mean from
0: an emotional, like, are they, are are people like, Hey, they, they are aware that if the rate drops, they need to refinance, or do you have to talk people into doing it?
1: No, usually there's no talking people into refinancing, man. I mean, the numbers, you know, the numbers are what they are.
0: So they love, I don't, I'm a terrible
1: salesperson. I'm never going to try to talk somebody into something. You know, I give you, I give you my opinion and, and what the numbers are. And, and, you know, if it makes sense to you, great. If it doesn't, you know, it's, it's all good.
0: Interesting there on the rate sheet here. This is coming from themortgagereports.com. Conventional five-year adjustable rate mortgage, the rate is 3.5% compared to a 30-year fixed 28 Now, these are national averages as of a day or so ago. What's, what's up with that? The five-year arm is 35 The 10-year arm is one9 Or 10-year yeah, fixed. Arm, right? I'm sorry, 10-year
1: fixed. I- there's just not an appetite right now for arms. Um, the the rates are based on investors' appetite for that product. Gotcha. So all that means is the uh, hedge funds you. and and you know 401k funds that are backing mortgages they they just don't have an appetite for short term because they know the rates are going to stay low for a while and people are just going to turn around and refinance it again.
0: Ten year fixed mortgage rate one point nine percent. What's the lowest mortgage you've ever seen someone get, no matter the terms?
1: Two and a quarter. So,
0: so this would be a record-breaking somebody did a 10-year right now
1: yeah i've never that's probably you're probably looking at an ad and that if you read the fine print it's probably buying down the rate you know with a couple points
0: Now this is this is conventional 10-year fixed national averages here
1: oh national average senior fixed. gotcha yeah okay that's cool
0: yeah apr 1.978 I know mean, that hadn't changed nothing really changed from a week ago in at rates but
1: you know if i had a mortgage it'd be a good deal
0: <laughs> yeah what's that like not having a mortgage mortgage guy without a mortgage <laughs>
1: mortgage guy without a mortgage uh pays off his mortgage and then goes and starts a mortgage company so he's sinking even more money into it than <laughs> he was a mortgage i should have kept what's well, a good mortgage. reason you
0: don't have a mortgage you can start a business so.
1: that's right that's what i did anyways
0: well tell us about your new your new go and tell us about your background and kind of how you got into operating your own firm
1: so, I've been in the mortgage business going on 15 years now, and, um, you know, I've always worked for a uh, either a mortgage company or a community bank, and um, the last community bank that I was with merged and sold to a bigger bank, and, um, you know, the bigger bank thing's really just not for me. I'm, I'm better off, um, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I just always had a desire to open my own company, and um, when that... When that door opened for me, and and uh, you know when the when the companies did their merger, I wrote it out as long as I could, and then just said, "Hey, you know, it's now or never," um, and I just just jumped out and did it. You know, and paying, paying off our mortgage was a big part of that. Being able to be debt free and go into a company without any overhead, no debt. I think it was just it was just the right timing and it was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I think what I hear you say you have more flexibilities with your clients and that's huge. That's a lot of why I'm independent. You know, I don't want anyone yeah. saying what's the best for my client. I get to decide that. I'm the C F P and it sounds like that's what you're be able to do with your own firm.
1: Big time. Big time. It's uh it's crazy the um you know, I don't want to say anything, get myself in trouble, get turned and get sued by big banks. You know, they have unlimited attorneys to they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do, so I've got to be careful what I say. But, but, you know, the fact is is that big banks have a lot of overhead, and they've got to make money to do their mortgages. So national average profit margin for a big bank to do a mortgage is probably 35 to 4.5% is how much they're making off of your loan. So, for example, if they're making 4% on a $300,000 deal, the bank's making $12,000. And they're they're not charging you that, but that's what your loan is worth on the secondary market if they were to turn around and sell this loan, which is what most of them do, or the servicing value on it It's usually a three and a half to four and a half percent so as a mortgage uh as a, as a loan officer at one of the banks you're you're stuck the bank's going to make what they're going to make, and and that's it. there's not any flexibility there's not any negotiating that uh, in fact, they have to set everything the way because of unfair lending practices, they can't charge one client one margin and turn around and charge another client something less but me as a mortgage broker guess what i get to set my own margins where i want to where i want to be at and i, I I've undercut the banks by about half a little bit less than half actually so i'm able to give my clients a better deal and i make more money it's how about that it's a beautiful situation
0: so when you're you're setting your own margin you have let's say the, the traditional big bank makes 4000 on a 4% on a loan you make 2% talking about averages. What does that mean for the client? Where where are they seeing that in their mortgage?
1: So where they're seeing it is in the interest rate. So the par so you have par rate. Kind of par rate is what just kind of the going market rate for that day is on the secondary market so that's everybody sells money and I'm just gonna pick a random number let's just say that rate is two percent so the going market rate is two percent and then the banks need to make their profit on top of that so what they'll do is they'll jack up your interest rate to 3 percent which is you know about about where it's at and then uh, so when the bank goes and sells your mortgage they've got that extra one percent padded in and that's by the way that's one percent per year and the mortgage com- the companies that are buying the mortgages, they're saying, okay, this person's going to keep this loan. National average is, I think, five years people end up keeping a mortgage, five to seven years. And so they're looking at it like, okay, we're going to make 1% guarantee for the next five years. So, you know, that's 5%. So if they buy it from another mortgage company for 3.5%, they're still turning you know, they got a one and a half percent yield in there that they'll make over the next five years. Gotcha.
0: Marshall Spark, we talking mortgages and all things having to do with real estate. After this short break, we'll get into some of the things to compete with all cash buyers. But first, Marshall, I not you to tell the listeners, what's the best way to reach out to you, email or phone or website?
1: Uh, you gotta check out my new fancy website that I spent a bunch of money having this guy's create. It's sparkmanlending.com. S-P-A-R-K-M-A-N-Lending.com.
0: And is there a phone number somebody has a question off of the air?
1: Yep, absolutely. 615-499-6516. All
0: right, we'll continue talking mortgages and real estate with Marshall Sparkman right here on Financial Coaching Radio, right after this short break. Keep it locked in right here on WGNN. Yeah, we'll go! Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Take an advantage over your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. We can do just about anything on the internet today. We can get medical advice. Buy investments. We can even get a will for about $15. I know how enticing, cheap, and easy it can sound, but when you leave loved ones behind, a $15 wheel bought online may not cut it. As a certified financial planner, I strongly recommend that you use an estate planning attorney. Call estate planning attorney John Baker today at 896-5621 or go to his website bakercounsel.com so you don't make a $15 decision that could cost your family thousands of dollars. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one place giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, certainly not peddling any live event tickets or financial products. I'll leave that to the other guys. Jason Qualls, CFP.com, for all about me. If you want to jump in, be a part of the show with questions, comments, go email the show and the social media links at Financial Coaching Radio.com. Still in the house is Marshall Sparkman with SparkmanLending.com. Is that right? New website. Okay. Spark, it sounds better. It's got a better ring to it. Thank you.
1: I went back and forth about a company name forever. That was the toughest decision I had to make. Really? Well, it's what to name the company. So, yeah, sparkman winning. how about that? Yeah, I think it's
0: great. Spark Relenting. All right, so let's talk about the real estate market and how it's very competitive. There's you know, multiple offers on so many houses that are up for sale. How can you compete with an all cash offer? if you're getting financing so obviously you have some tips because people are getting mortgages and that's how you earn a living so what tips do you have for those folks
1: it's tough going against cash deals but not all sellers need to move super fast uh so is what is the difference that a cash, that a is, cash buyer can somebody, move faster what's
0: up? Is that the main difference a cash buyer can close quicker than someone with a mortgage
1: cash buyer can close super quick and he's not gonna rake you across the coals with contingencies such as inspection contingency, appraisal contingency, you know, yada, yada. The, the inspection contingency and appraisal contingency are the biggest thing. Seller's like, ah, I don't want to mess with having it inspected, and then you're going to come back and you're going to beat me up over a bunch of repairs, and then the appraisal may come in a little bit low because we got it way overpriced, and then you're going to beat me up over price again. So I'll just take this cash offer. They'll, 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 people will take cash offers even if it's a little bit lower. But so, I, I've had so some as buyer, they, a lot of sellers, for- they're like, hey, man, I've got to buy another house. I've, I need another 30 45 60 days anyways i don't care about your cash you know this guy's bank's money is just as good as your cash is to me so it it really just depends cash doesn't always cash isn't always king what i see getting the offers accepted is an escalation clause of of uh like forty thousand dollars over contract so if you're selling your house and you've got the money to put down i had one buyer we just closed friday and they said you know what we, we're selling our house they may I don't know just for round numbers let's say a hundred thousand dollars and they were like you know what even if we don't put down twenty percent we'll just put down five percent and then we'll go over and above the asking price so if the property doesn't appraise we're willing to pay that cash and they're put they were planning on putting the money down anyways we just switched their financing to five percent down instead of twenty percent down and they put down and it did not appraise so they ended up paying the difference out-of-pocket which was not a big deal so um, if you can remove your contingencies, you could say, you know what, I'll take the house as the house as is. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna beat you up about a home inspection. Don't worry about the appraisal. The bank may ask for it. Plus, you got to think, if it's a conventional deal and you're putting down 20%, I would say I think the latest numbers like 70% of the loans we're doing right now. I don't even need an appraisal on them for a conventional deal. So if you're if we can go into your transaction without even needing an appraisal i can close it super fast uh you know within a couple of weeks anyways
0: well that was my question so if you're getting a mortgage you don't need an appraisal it doesn't sound like you don't need to have to have an inspection no so you're basically an all cash buyer at that point
1: you're it, you it just got to go through underwriting and wait for title work to come back
0: and that's a little bit slower
1: I mean, you know, like I said, I got, I've got a refinance, so I got clear to close in six days. So, you know, I can I can get a purchase closed just as quick as long as everybody's Johnny on the spot getting me what I need.
0: Yeah, that's what I've always kind of thought, you know, and now you've kind of verified that. If you, if you don't have any contingencies like a cash buyer, you've got pre-approval, you know your mortgage is locked in, everything's ready to go. You just need to find the place that you're going to buy. It right. seems like you can close almost as quick as a cash buyer. So I never kind of understood that argument. So, I guess that's where it, 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 people are getting bogged down, but you brought up an interesting point with people making such uh, huge offers over and above asking prices. I never thought about these houses being able to appraise for that, and that has to be an issue with some of these offers being made
1: if you're if you ha- if you need an appraisal, yes, it's going to be you know right now appraisers appraisals are taking you know three weeks to come back so it's um, every deal that I'm doing where an appraisal is required. It just seems like it goes on forever and ever because I've got your loan clear to close, and we're just sitting sitting back waiting on the appraisal.
0: Well, I'm just thinking, let's say I'm trying to buy a three hundred thousand dollars house, and oh, well, let's say that's the asking price, and I want to get it, so I offer three fifty, but it doesn't appraise for that. Yeah, that's kind of scary to me if I were in that situation.
1: Well, you, you know, you got to realize that appraisers are looking at historical data and right now the house prices are going up so fast and we have such demand on our housing market that the appraisals are not able to keep up with the demand so appraiser he's looking at what has sold in the past and usually he's trying to get three to five comps of what has sold and has already closed on so a lot of times you run into the situation where somebody's buying the house and his neighbor just closed a week ago but the appraisal the appraiser when he's doing the appraisal, he doesn't even see that comp because it hasn't been recorded yet. So you run into a lot of that where appraisers just can't they can't keep up with the demand in the market. It's moving so fast and you gotta think if your neighbor's house sells for three hundred fifty thousand, you're gonna try to get at least three fifty five for yours, right? So that's what's going on right now. Is everybody just keeps bumping the price up, 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 and the market's demanding it because people are people are willing to offer it. You know, when I first got in the mortgage business, everybody said, you know, the property's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, and that still goes today. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what an appraiser says; the property is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it.
0: That's exactly right. It goes with anything that you're selling.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, just because uh, just because a gallon a, a gallon of gas is two dollars and you're out of gas and the gas station's out of gas, you come to my house and I'm selling it for four dollars, you're gonna pay for it, right? So what's that gallon of gas worth?
0: Whatever you're gonna pay for. Whatever yeah and nobody has gas anymore anyway, so
1: Question Housin, though housing's the same way. You know, if you want to buy you just you can just go ahead and plan on paying having a little bit more cash and paying over. The only time that I'm not seeing people go over asking price right now is there's two things, either one, the property's been sitting on the market for a little bit, nobody's biting on it for whatever reason. And then two, if the property's out a ways out in the country, you know, then those properties tend to sit a little bit longer and the sellers are willing to negotiate and help pay closing costs and, and that kind of stuff.
0: Are we in a real estate bubble?
1: Uh, you know, I, I hear that a lot. I I get that question a lot from a lot of buyers. This is the thing. The real estate market revolves around um, jobs. So as long as we have jobs here in Middle Tennessee, our real estate is going to continue to go up. And the fact is, is we have companies like Amazon just released it, and we got some uh, GM is growing onto their factor. Uh, General Motors is growing. We've got jobs still coming here, and these are high six-figure salary jobs. So all these thousands of people that are relocating to Middle Tennessee have to have a place to live. And you got to think, man. These people are coming from California. I'll, I'll put it this way. I had a house that we were looking at. Uh, I was looking at buying to do uh, to flip. And I told them, I said, man, I don't, I can't. I ran all the numbers and said I need to be at this house for about 220 to make it make sense to me. And then the seller said, no, we'll just put it on the market and see. You know, you're if we, if it doesn't, nobody bites. We'll sell it to you for 220. They turned around and got that sucker under contract for 380. And uh, and uh, you got people coming from California, and they're like, man, $380,000, that's a deal. Let's take it. So that's what's going on right now.
0: And the things that uh, – w- the only bubble that anyone would ever refer to in real estate would be what happened in 07, 08, 09. <clears throat> and that had to do a lot with people getting mortgages that never shouldn't have gotten. It wasn't the only thing, but in the housing world. Mm-hmm. You know, people were giving a lot of just giving people that didn't need mortgages adjustable rate mortgages and when that changed they couldn't afford the payment and then there was foreclosure is that uh, is that, the more is the market safer still from all of that mess that we went through over a decade ago
1: well you got to think the main product that foreclosed was an 8020 loan so it was an 80% first mortgage and then they would give you a 20% second mortgage and so you literally get into a house with no money down and a lot of them were stated income, to where you just said, "Yeah, I make ten thousand dollars a month next," and there was no documentation of that. <laughs> the good old but, days. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was the the terms of the second mortgage, usually you had twelve months to refinance that sucker, or the rate was going to jump up. So the second mortgage was an adjustable. Sometimes they were even balloons, where the payments came due in twelve months. You had to refinance it. So what happened was these people. Uh, when their twelve months came due, they weren't able to refinance it. So the rates would shoot up on them. the lender would 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 jack the rate. it would go, it may go from one or two percent to ten percent. I mean, it went up that much. People couldn't afford the payments. And then when those things started uh, those notes started coming to do, people would start foreclosing on them. and then what happened was all these houses foreclosed all at once. So now the value of everybody's house, starts coming down and that's what that's what caused that crisis. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, think we'll see that you know, stuff again. We'll never see something like that again. That was pretty wild.
0: Marshall Spartman, com. Marshall, anything in the final words? We've got to check out of here for this second.
1: No, just uh, if you guys need any questions anytime, like a second opinion on your mortgage, uh, hit me up on my website, sparkmanlending.com or a call at 615-499-6516
0: This is Financial Coaching Radio back right after this. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website JasonQuallsCFP.com. We are back. This is Financial Coaching Radio with you every Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock right here on WGNS Online anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. That's a mouthful. I'm Jason a certified financial planner. I specialize in comprehensive financial planning, which means I help my clients with all things that their money touches. Taxes, estate planning, course investments, retirement, college planning, risk management, Sometimes debt, sometimes budgeting. But for the most part, we're trying to figure out how to get you to be the wealthiest individual you can and meet your retirement and other financial planning objectives. And we're not just going to focus on one thing. I'm not just out trying to manage your money. I'm not a financial salesperson. I don't have an insurance license. I don't sell annuities. I don't get kickbacks. I don't get commissions. That's not what a fee-only financial planner does. Learn more at jasonquallscfp.com. Qualls cfp.com now what do you think about the crazy market coming out a year a year from the crazy ridiculous covid pandemic where it was doom and gloom for a few months coming out of that very quickly now the market near all-time highs no one knows what's going to happen in the investing world not the tv not the radio not the internet not your financial guy or girl you stick with tried and true you stick with what works no matter what There'll be good times, there'll be bad times, but if you have a solid, comprehensive financial plan, based on what you're trying to achieve, you'll be just fine. I appreciate you listening. I'm back tomorrow, same time, same channel. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. There's more local talk on the
1: way.